Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we get a chance to sit down and have a conversation with Pastor Zellner and learn how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to Conversations. I'm your host, Will Leitner. I'm sitting here with my pastor, Eric Zellner. How are you doing today? I'm good, Will. How are you? I'm fantastic. And I'm fantastic because we're going, we're continuing our Reformation series on the five solas of the Protestant Reformation. We've done Sola Scriptura, Sola Gratia, so done through the scriptures alone, saved by grace alone. And today we're talking about Sola Fide. We are justified by faith alone. And so this is as Martin Luther says, the, you know, the doctrine in which the whole church turns, mm. extremely important part of the Protestant Reformation. And so, um, Pastor Zellner, if you could please just give us the backdrop, the context, and what's happening here with sola fide, faith alone. Sure. Yeah. You know, the uh, the backdrop is, is simply a, a, a lesson in church history, which I think is really helpful. The early church uh, was very clear and set on the doctrine that that salvation comes to sinners simply by uh, believing God in faith. And so uh, that doctrine, while it was set, uh, began to be questioned in what we spoke about last week with Pelagius and others, that there might be, it would have to be some blending of faith plus works in order to come to a place of salvation. When you study Martin Luther's life, the thing that is uh, sad and astounding is having read the scriptures uh, in Latin, uh, he found himself angry with God. He said, I, I don't love God. In fact, I found that I hated the righteous God who punishes sinners. Uh, and so he would, in, uh, in that, what he was really feeling was a sense of uh, the impossible state of being able to be pleasing to God. So he would flog himself, he would beat himself when he was a monk in the Roman Catholic Church over his sins and his failure to improve himself. And it was in his reading of Romans, the book of Romans, particularly chapter 5, where Martin Luther suddenly had the Spirit bring uh, light to his eyes. And there in Romans chapter 5, of course, he, he read, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it also talks about through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace into which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Well, that couldn't have been any further from the experience that Martin Luther knew as a monk. So when, when he began to recognize that this is the teaching of the Bible, he, he had seen it in Romans 1 at verse 17, uh, where it quotes Habakkuk 2, 4, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous one, or the righteous, shall live by faith. And Paul writing Romans 1 is quoting Habakkuk 2 basically to say the overwhelming story of the Bible is that when God's people are declared righteous before him, when they're justified before him, as if they were not sinners at all. He, 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 he 
basically declares them not guilty. It happens not because they have done enough work to make him happy, but because he is the kind of God who is gracious, and if his people will believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be saved through that belief. So uh, that's the background historically. Um, But when we're talking about what is justification by faith, I always uh, use an illustration that works better if you can see my hands. But Jesus is uh, is offered to us. God has offered Christ to us for salvation. And faith, which is like a gift of God given to sinners who wouldn't otherwise deserve it, is, uh, is akin to the arm or the hand which reaches up in faith and grabs hold of the offer of Christ. So that's the way I explain justification by faith because there is an illusion to our, from our perspective, oh, well, I, I, I was wise enough to have faith or I was good enough to have faith or something like that. But the Bible also teaches us that faith is a gift of God's grace. So if you were to give a definition for justification, you talk about grabbing mm-hmm. the arm of grace. Mm-hmm. What would you say justification really, what does it mean to be just in the eyes of God? Yeah, I mean, you know, our, our Westminster Shorter Catechisms, justification is an act of God's free grace, whereby he pardons all of our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight, only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. That that particular definition tells us that it's it's legal courtroom language. Justification is an act. It is a one-time event that comes only from God's free grace. Uh, and, and then behind the scenes, or in other words, what's, what's in uh, the Lord's proverbial courtroom is that he declares us righteous in his sight, not for anything we've done, but because Jesus has perfectly fulfilled God's law mm-hmm. and died to pay the penalty that my sins deserve. Right. If you think about it in a courtroom setting, which is really the way the Bible often talks about it, especially the way that Paul speaks of it, right? Justification is akin to me walking before the judge, him looking at me and saying, your record is guilty. However, I am going to declare you not guilty because of that one standing in front of you. Jesus is standing in front of me, taking the guilty sentence, and I simply, behind him, am embracing this offer of salvation by faith. Uh, that's the beauty of this. Uh, it's, it's profound and astounding, and it never leads in the direction that people fear. It never leads in the direction of, well, then I'll sin more so that grace might abound. Right. And so we've talked about justification in that it's this declaring of God, the sinner righteous, because of the, um, the righteousness of Christ being put on to the sinner. Mm-hmm. Where can we see some of this in Scripture? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Romans one seventeen passage is a, great, is a great place for it. You also find it in Romans uh, 5, uh, verse 1. You also um, – you can also look at um, Galatians 2 and 3. Uh, there's, there's many other places throughout the New Testament that you can find this kind of language. If you, if you read Paul's letters, it's impossible to miss the concept of grace through faith. But there are passages that have caused people to ask questions, mm-hmm. and that's really, I think, where the question lies. Right. So it's not that there's not enough proof texts to explain that justification is by faith. It's that one uh, or two passages have made people go, wait, are you sure? Right. And so I think if you guys are familiar with the discussion with justification, you probably know what passages Pastor Zellner is talking about. 
when you look at Paul's letters, you're going to see a really clear teaching of justification by faith alone. And you can see his argument really expounded in the fourth chapter of Romans, where he talks about that the sinner is declared right before the eyes of God. And his example is Abraham, that before the law was given, before the testing of Isaac, or the sacrifice of Isaac, he's declared right. Abraham believed God as credited as righteousness. Yeah, and long before the law, right? So the, the argument that he's having to answer is that, that people might have something to do with the law. Chapter 4 leads so beautifully into chapter 5, which makes that profound declaration. And so you're going to see Paul using Abraham as the basis for his argument, which is really interesting when you get to the book of James, which in the second chapter, you see James using Abraham as the basis of his argument. Yeah. But it seems on the surface that they come to two different conclusions. If you look for the words faith alone in the Bible, you're going to find in James 2, James saying that it is you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Right. So this is typically... Um, I think one of the reasons why Luther maybe wrestled with the book of James mm, yeah. and why it's really worth having a conversation because we've said that all of Scripture is God-breathed, and so that means God has inspired the book of James, mm-hmm. and same with the book of Romans. So it offers a fair question, do Paul and James contradict each other? And I'd yeah. love for you to respond to that. Yeah, no, the, you know, the, I think the beauty of that question is that, it, that it, the person who's asking that question, and I want to affirm this, that person who's asking that question is is rightly wrestling with the scripture. They're trying to figure out how one passage of scripture uh, can, in a sense, add commentary to another passage of scripture. And so, now here's the danger: if we say uh, if we say I've, I want to find a passage that contradicts it, then we're actually beginning from a place of saying the Bible probably contradicts itself. Right? Mm-hmm. That's actually not a position of of even believing that what we've got before us can be useful. If the if the conversation goes like this, I want to figure out what the Bible has to say about faith and justification by faith specifically. Then you can take Paul and you can take James and you can hold the two together and go, all right, what do they what are they saying that we can that we can understand rightly? If you want to understand uh, James I mean, if you want to understand Romans 4, James 2 is actually really helpful. It's helpful in this way because James's argument is this. Genuine true faith always works. It always has an outworking principle. In other words, when my heart is transformed by having been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I am renewed in this whole man and, and, and made towards the image of Christ, I am not content to remain in my sin. I want to uh, respond by faith to God's grace at work, right? So uh, James is basically saying this. You show me your grace, I mean your faith. I'll show you my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. In other words, I have a faith that acts. Right. Faith is, not, is never dormant. It is never uh, unmoving. And so a lot of times when I'll talk to um, Catholic friends who, who recognize that tension between Paul and James, uh, I want to affirm first the, the initial reading that that looks like it's uh, contradictory. But it's not contradictory at all because Paul is saying the exact same thing in Romans chapter 4, and that is that Abraham is justified when his faith acts— Abraham, get up, leave Ur of the Chaldees, go to this place that I'm going to show you. He gets up and he goes. 
hey, God, how do I know that you're going to give me a son? Well, go outside and look at the stars. As many as the, as many as the stars in the sky, that's how many descendants I'll give you. Well, God, how, how do I know that you'll be true to that? And the Bible tells us that after this, these many appearings of God, it, it gives us this declaration. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. But did he believe God? Well, I bet, Lord, if, if I stay in Ur of the Chaldees, you could still justify me. Right? Or I bet you could still be faithful to your promises. No, Abraham's faith was the kind of faith that caused him to get up and move and caused him to go outside and look and caused him to say, yes, Lord, I believe you, and caused him to wait 25 years for the birth of his first son. Right. So it's a faith that works, just like James is talking about. Absolutely. And I think if you guys look at James chapter 2, you'll get to see this picture a lot more clear. You see in verse 14 of James 2, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? So a faith that doesn't have works, can that faith justify? And James is clearly going to show that that faith is not. And he he gives a pretty funny example in the, the next couple of verses. He says, if someone comes to you and is poorly clothed and lacking in food, and they come to you and they knock on the door and you say, go in peace, be warm and well-fed <laughs> without giving them the things they need. What good is that? So they come up to the door. They say, we're, we're hungry. We need clothing. And you say, be warm and well-fed. Mm-hmm. And then you close the door in their face. Yeah. Can that faith actually save someone? And he supports it with going to Abraham and showing how even the demons believe and shudder and believe that there is one God. Yeah. And so what usually how I've heard it said is that Paul is talking about a faith which declares the sinner righteous. James is talking about justification in the sense that it is not making the person righteous but proving that the sinner is righteous and vindicating the person's righteousness proving that they've been transformed from the inside out absolutely right. which is exactly yeah. like what you've been talking about yeah. and i think too if you think that um what i'm doing is doing wordplay i'd encourage you to look at luke chapter seven thirty-five when christ says wisdom is justified by her children he's obviously <laughs> not saying wisdom is declared just in the eyes of god because of her children christ is saying wisdom is vindicated or proven mm-hmm. by the fruit that it bears and right. so you can see paul and james talking about two different things Good. That's a great point, Will. And I think the uh, when you examine Christ's comment like that, you, he's making a, a, a fruit illustration, which is a, which is an illustration that he makes a lot in the scriptures. Right? Um, My people will be known by their fruits. Right? Of course. And Paul makes the same similar comments in Galatians. But the but the the nature of that is is so helpful because you say faith, genuine faith always bears fruit right and it always bears fruit that that to our eyes just simply looks like good good works but ephesians would say well those good works were put in place by god for you to walk into right um and and he gets the glory for the faith and for the fruit absolutely and i think that's why luther said we're saved by faith alone but a saving faith is never alone yeah you were talking about romans 5 that first verse Mm -hmm. since we've been justified by faith we have peace with god i think that would just be a great way to end it with what do you think it means to have peace with God in terms of our assurance, and why is justification by faith mm. truly a beautiful doctrine for all of us in our Christian lives? Yeah, you know, I think what brought Luther so much peace in that particular passage is that suddenly his uh, his life of striving and failing, which I think all of us can relate to, this sense of, of wanting to please God— and recognizing how far short we fall of the glory of God, 
um, which Paul would say in Romans. But but when Paul says in Romans 5, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. It is a sense in which uh, the weapons of war have been laid down. In other words, because God has moved into my heart and transformed me, I am no longer an enemy of God, which is if you study the book of Romans, that's actually what Paul's been arguing from one to three, right? We are by by birth children of wrath. We are born children with weapons in our hands fighting against our father. When you read Romans five and you say, Oh, at last I have peace with God. Here's here's the way it uh, it would be illustrated in principle. As if you were waging war with a with a, an almighty sovereign king. And from the time you were born, all you had ever done was try to defy him. And he came to you, put his own son to death, and said, there, now it's paid for. And instead of punishing you on top of that, he, he grabbed you, set your weapons down, and embraced you and said, we're at peace. Uh, Will that person pick up the sword again? They will not. They will be astounded that the sovereign almighty king, who was going to win the battle anyway, chose to make peace. Right. You know, when peace um, in war that comes from a, a posture of weakness is usually viewed as cowardice. But when peace comes from the one who's the strong one, then it's actually viewed as mercy and kindness. Right. And that's exactly what we have here. And I think since we're justified by faith apart from our works, then we really truly can have peace because we can hit the pillow at night and say it's not by our merit or our works that we stand just before God, but solely because of Christ and his works. And I will trust in that to the day that I die. Amen. And that's the reason Jesus says it is finished when he dies on the cross. Absolutely. He's paid for it completely so that we might have peace with God. Well, Pastor Zoner, thank you so much for the time, and we appreciate you guys listening, and we hope to see you all at the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks.